You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, if you have your sermon notes there, if you would grab those this morning, grab your Bibles as well. This morning we're continuing our study of the end as we're talking about in this series what the future looks like both for the believer, those who put their faith in Christ, and and for the unbeliever as well, for those who choose to reject Christ's provision. So what does that look like? If you were not here last week, we began this series last week, I would encourage you to check out the podcast. We looked last week to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we talked about what we could be certain of. Because as you think about the end times, the book of Revelation, the book of Ezekiel, um, tied into the prophecies of Daniel, man, there's a lot of moving pieces, is the way I like to say it, a lot of uncertainties. However, there are things that we can be certain of. And last week we looked at three certainties that we have as we think about the end. And I'm going to give you a quick summary of the message last week. First, we said we can be certain of the return, the return of Jesus Christ. He's coming back for His church. Matter of fact, turn to you neighbor and say, hey, he's coming back. Go ahead and tell him. He's coming back. Same thing we talked about is the rapture. And that as believers, the saints who are alive at that time, well, we're going to be caught away. So what the word rapture means. We're going, to be, we're going to be rescued. The third thing we said last week, the hope we have as believers, is there's going to be a great reunion. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, about verse 19, uh, excuse me, verse 17, says that, and that we will live with God Forever. Forever. Paul says, as he closes out that that section of Scripture, he says, encourage one another. Build each other up. Encourage one another with these truths. And so, that's what we talked about last week. Today, we want to talk about the judgments that are to come. And what we know from Scripture is that following the return of Christ and the rapture of the saints, there will be a time of judgment for the Christian as well as the non-Christian. Now, when we hear the word judgment, it stirs a bit of concern within us. Would you agree with that? When you hear the word judgment, the the tendency is like it's not the happy word, right? When we hear the word judgment, we think of of, uh, maybe the challenge, and at times it could stir a bit of fear within us. Uh, Just a quick question. How How many of you have ever had to stand before a judge? It's okay to be honest. Yeah, good. It's not just me. I've been in a courtroom a number of times supporting folks, just being with folks to encourage folks. But one time, one time in my life, I had to stand before a judge. I'm not going to tell you what it was. I'll let your mind wonder about that. Um, but I had to stand before a judge, and it was a pretty frightful experience. Well, because, like, he's in control and you're not, right? The judge, in this case, was a male. He's going to make a call. He's going to make a decision. And I, I really have no effect in that decision. So obviously, as, as you stood before the judge, so as I stood before this particular judge, I was praying uh, under, you know, not out loud, but I was praying for mercy. I let God help, right? I wanted favor. And if you were, as you were standing before the judge, if you've had that experience, you probably did the same. But the scripture tells us that there's coming a day when we will stand before a judge. He is the righteous judge. He is the king of the universe. And on this day, we'll have to give an account for our lives as we stand before the righteous king, being Jesus himself. For some, it's going to be a day of rejoicing. And for some, it'll be a day of regret. So today, as as best we can discern from the scripture, we want to talk about the two judgments that uh, are coming and what's going to happen at each of those judgments. Now, I think it's important for us to... To have conversation about what's to come. About the judgments that are to come. Because if we know what is to come, then we can 
be prepared, right? If we know what is to come, then we can make the right investments or the right adjustments so that when the end comes, we can be ready for the end. Listen, never again, because you're here today, I'm sorry, but because you're here today, never again will you be able to say, I don't know, or I didn't know. Because today you're going to know. Why? Because I'm going to tell you, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen at the judgment. And it's important that we talk about this so that we can, again, we can live ready. We can live prepared. This past week, I, I came across an interesting story. Actually, a friend told me about the story, and then I went online and, and did a little research, and I found this story. The story is about the Bezos family. Mike and Jackie Bezos invested $245,000 in a risky stock option of a starter, startup e-commerce website business. Um, this was a bit risky, but it was their son who was starting the business. So they took all the, of their belongings and they said, we, we believe this can work and we believe in our son. So they invested 245000 in this startup e-commerce business that happens today to be what? Amazon, right? 245000 in 1995, that was a year. 1995, they invested 245000 and we know what has happened at Amazon and what Amazon is today. But as a result of their investment in 1995, 245000 today their investment is, has an estimated value of somewhere around $30 billion, not million, $30 billion. Now let me do the math for you really quick, because I, I know some of you are trying to figure it out. That's a 12 million percent return. 12 million percent return on their investment. You know, if I would have known then, I would have bought me some of that stock, right? I would have taken my $50, whatever that would have bought, and I would have invested it. In, if I would have known that's what was going to happen, because 1995, that's when I first came back to Grace Covenant. Left West Texas, came back to Grace Covenant. I was about 29 years old, 28, 29 years old. I would have taken, I would have found 50 bucks somewhere and I would have invested in that startup. If I would have known then what I know now. Here's my point. If we know what's going to happen, if we know what we can be certain of, if we know what we can't avoid, then we can make the right investments today to be ready for tomorrow. Does that make sense? That's why it's important that we talk about the judgments that are to come. Why? So that when they happen, we can, we can be ready. What we don't want to do is live unaware and be unprepared when we stand before the judgment seat. The judgment seat of Christ. Now, as we established last week, what we can be certain of is that the end is coming. Either Jesus is going to return in your lifetime or you're going to die. One or the other is going to happen. And we can be absolutely certain of that. Listen, 100% of people die. So if Jesus doesn't come back, what's going to happen? I know it's not a happy thought, but, but it is a real thought. What? You're going to die. You're going to see. So, so one way or the other, folks, you can't get around this. The end, the end is going to happen. Now, if we die, physically we're dead, spiritually we're alive, and we're in a place called heaven. If we're alive when Christ returns, we're going to be raptured, as according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18. And then following, following the rapture, there's going to be a time of judgment. And it's called the judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ. Actually, we're going to talk about two judgments today. The judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. Two different judgments that happen at two different times for two different groups of people. 
And so we're going to sort all of that out. But let me say this. I said this last week and I want to say it again today. Listen, we don't have to be afraid when we talk about the end. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be stressed. Um, Just as we can live confident of the provision of Jesus Christ and confident of His salvation for our lives today, so we can live confident of the end of times. So we don't have to be afraid. Jesus is in your corner, on your side, working for your good. Isn't that good news this morning? That he, he's on my side working. So what? I don't have to be stressed. I don't have to be anxious. See, what I'm confident of is that there's a great future before us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in Him, there's a great future before us. Remember, last week we looked at this verse, but let me give it to you again. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Paul says this, I has not seen, ear has not heard, mind has not even begun to comprehend what God has prepared for those who love Him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us. Right? He's talking about us as believers. He says our minds can't even comprehend the future that God has for us. So what? We don't have to be, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be fearful. Matter of fact, we can live, we can live with great hope. So as I lay the foundation for our study today, I want to take us to the last book of the Bible, being the book of Revelation. I want to take us to the last chapter. So we're going to the very end as we talk about the end. Revelation chapter 22. Matter of fact, let me just throw this in here. Next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach the whole book of Revelation in 30 minutes. Miracle's going to happen next Sunday, so don't miss it. I'm going to teach the whole book. Because this, this is what I've come to discover, is most people don't understand and avoid the book of Revelation because they don't know how to read it. Not that you don't know English, I'm not saying that. But they, they avoid it because they can't comprehend it. Too difficult, so they just skip over it. I'm going to help you... I'm gonna help you Understand the book of Revelation. I'm going to help you be able to read the book of Revelation with insight to know what it's all about. So all that's going to happen next Sunday. So, so, so don't miss next Sunday. But let's look to Revelation chapter 22. And in my Bible, and maybe it's the same in your Bible, um, we have here what Jesus speaking. These are the words of Jesus to the church. So as we're reading this passage of Scripture, be mindful of that. Who's speaking here? It's Jesus. And notice what he says. It's on the screen. So let's read this together. Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13. Jesus said, let's go. Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Two things that Jesus tells us here. The first is what? He's coming back, right? And then when he says, Jesus said, behold, I'm coming. Coming soon. Second thing he tells us here, really important, is in the second line, my reward is with me. And what's he going to do? He's going to give to everyone, every single one. That's every believer in the room. What he's going to give to every single one according to what? According to what that one has done. Now, let me pause here just for a moment because I, I really need to be clear in this statement. If, if you're here today and you're not a believer in Christ, you, in other words, you've not made a decision yet to receive Christ as your Savior, hopefully you will before this service is over. Two people did last service. They got ready last service. So if you're not there, my, my hope is, is but by the time we come to the end, is, is that you're going to be ready to make that decision. But if you're here today and you've not received Christ as your Savior or you're somewhat new to Christianity being a Christ follower, let me say this. You cannot be saved by your works. 
It's so important that you understand. In other words, you cannot earn your way to salvation. You cannot do enough good deeds to be right with God. There's only one way that you can be right with God, and that's through the provision of Jesus Christ. It's by His grace. In other words, it's a gift to you, and, it, and you receive the gift by faith. Paul says it like this in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. He says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works so that anyone can boast. So we're saved, we're saved by grace and grace alone. However, the salvation you experience should produce works in your life. And it's the works, it's the good deeds that you're going to be rewarded for at the judgment seat of Christ. So we're saved by grace alone. We're rewarded for how we live out the very faith that we profess. So this morning, I want to talk with you about these two judgment, these two different judgments. As I mentioned already, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. Let's start with the judgment seat of Christ. What is the judgment seat of Christ? There's three questions I want to answer this morning for you. What is the judgment seat of Christ? When will it happen? And how are we going to be rewarded? So let's start with this. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. It's not a judgment of salvation or damnation. It's a judgment based on how you will be rewarded throughout eternity. So this is not, this is not a judgment as to whether you were saved or not. Listen, you, you wouldn't be at this judgment if you were not saved. So, so really clear, this is a, a judgment of believers and for believers. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5.10 Paul wrote this word to the Christians at Corinth. It's on the screen. Follow along as I read this. It says, for we must all appear. Notice the word all. That's inclusive, right? All inclusive. We must all appear where? Before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or, or bad. So according to this verse of Scripture, who's going to appear before Christ? All believers. So if you're a believer, one day, someday, you're going to, you're going to stand before Christ as the righteous judge. And what's, what's going to happen for every believer according to this verse of Scripture? But we're going to be judged for our works, right? I mean, that's what it, it's so clear. But there's a day of judgment coming for our works, and then we're going to be rewarded according. Now what's interesting is that the judgment seat of Christ, that word, the judgment seat of Christ, in the Greek text is the word bima, B-E-M-A, bima, often called the bima seat. So interesting, the bima seat was not a, a, the seat of a judge in association with, with calling someone guilty or innocent. The bima seat was connected to the Grecian game. So think about the Olympics. In the Olympics, what you have individuals who are competing in all different kinds of, of athletic events. You know, there's, there's the running, there's the pole vaulting, there's the long jump, there's all of these different events, and someone wins, right? And so going back into Grecian times, the judge would sit on the bema seat, there would be the competition, and whoever would win the race, let's say it's a, a, a 200-yard dash. So the winner of the 200-yard dash would be brought before the judge who's sitting on the beam of seat, and the judge would say, congratulations, you won the race. Here's your reward. 
Here's your crown. Here's your wreath. And to the individual who won second place, he went, hey, congratulations, you took second place. Here's your reward. So in other words, the Bema seat is not a place of judgment based upon salvation or damnation, but it's a judgment based upon what you're going to be rewarded for. So all believers are going to come before the righteous judge, Jesus Christ, and our lives are going to be judged according to what we have done. So that's why it's important, folks, that you run the race well, that you invest well. It really matters. Listen, this momentary existence, this short time that you're on this earth is going to shape what your eternity is going to be like. That's why it's so significant. Remember, here's another passage of Scripture. It's not in your notes. You can jot this down. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So how you run this race of life really matters. It's going to matter when you stand before Jesus because every believer, including you, including myself, we're going to stand before Jesus someday and we're going to give an account. There's a day of reckoning concerning how we've lived out the faith, how we've we've lived our lives. And we're going to be rewarded, awarded, according to what? According to what we've done with what we've been entrusted with. Listen, every one of us, every one of us in the room today have been given abilities. You have abilities. I have abilities. Yours are probably different than mine. Mine different than yours. Not better than, but different. We all have abilities. Would you agree with that? We all have opportunities. Would you agree with that? Listen, you've been given opportunities. God's given me some great opportunities. I'm not that smart and I'm not that good. God's just been really gracious to me in my life. He's given me great opportunity. Not only do I have talent, ability, not only do I have opportunity, but I have resources. God's blessed me with resources and He's blessed you with resources. Some of us have more than others. Some have, some have more, some have less, but we all have resources. Listen, what you do, what you do with your time, your talent, and your treasure really matter. Because one day, listen, one day there's going to be a day of reckoning. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And every one of us are going to stand before Jesus to give an account for our lives, what we did with what He entrusted to us. So when's it going to happen? That's the second question. Well, great news, but when's that going to happen? Well, I believe that the judgment seat of Christ will follow the resurrection of the believers. It's going to take place right after the return of Christ, right after the rapture. We're going to have the judgment seat of Christ where believers are going to be rewarded, awarded. And let me tell you why I believe that this is the the timing for this. It it comes out of a passage of Scripture in Luke 14 where Jesus is, is having a conversation with those who are listening, whatever the crowd that had gathered. And this is what He said. He says, when you're throwing a party... Don't, don't just invite all your friends and family. Don't invite all the people who can invite you to their party. You know, he said, don't do that. He said, have a different focus. Then he goes on to say this in Luke 14, verses 13 and 14. He says, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid where? 
at the resurrection of the righteous. Or when? You'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When's the resurrection of the righteous? Well, it's when Jesus returns. We talked about that last week. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So when is the judgment seat of Christ going to happen? We believe that when Christ returns, the church is raptured. Right after that, we have the judgment seat of Christ. So then that leads us to the third question. How will... How will believers be rewarded? Because we said at the judgment seat of Christ, individuals are going to be rewarded for, for what they've done. Well, I believe that Jesus is going to look back over our lives from the most insignificant things to the most significant things. Listen, he doesn't miss any. The scripture says this, if you give a cup of cold water, I mean, think about that. That's not much, is it? You give a cup of cold water to a child, the scripture says that God doesn't miss that. So from the most insignificant to the most significant, it's all captured. And one day as we're standing before Jesus, we're going to be rewarded according to how we lived out the faith, to the actions of our lives, the deeds of our faith. In in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, Paul gives us insight into this. So it's on the screen. So follow along as I read this. Paul says, but each one should be careful how he builds. So let me stop there for a minute. We're all building something, right? We're all building something. And Paul says you need to be careful how you build. You need to be careful what you're doing with your life, how you're constructing your life. But each one should be careful how he builds For no one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, the day of judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test, notice, the quality, the quality of each man's work. If what he's built survives, he'll receive his reward. If it's burned up, he will suffer loss and he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. So what are you building? And as, as you come before the righteous judge, Jesus Christ, will it, will it stand? Will it, will it last? It, and what will you be rewarded for? So how, how will we be rewarded I think there's a couple of different thoughts here. First, the scripture talks about different crowns. We're going to be rewarded, awarded crowns. The scripture talks about specifically five different crowns. The crown of life, the crown of righteousness, five different crowns. But I also believe that we're going to be rewarded by assignments. I believe that as we, as we have served here, so we're going to serve in God's kingdom. I said this last week, but let me say it again. I don't believe that you and I are going to spend eternity floating around clouds, strumming on harps. I, I don't think that's what eternity holds for us. Boring. Like, who would want that, right? <laughs> floating around a cloud, strumming on a harp for all eternity. I, I happen to believe that God's kingdom is going to continue to happen. But it's going to continue to happen without the presence and the influence of sin. So think about perfection. Think about getting up every day, loving your job. Can't wait. You can't wait till you get to your job. Why? Because, man, you're a part of God's work in the world. I mean, think about what God's going to have. I believe that we're going to have assignments. And I believe how we have served here is going to determine what it's going to look like there. 
I mean, different assignments, different places of work, different places of service. So there's, there's the different assignments, and then there's crowns. We're awarded crowns. But I don't believe any of us are going to be walking around heaven saying, hey, look at all of my crowns. Look what I have. Oh, your crowns look really small. Look how big my crowns are. Look how many crowns I have. I don't think that's going to be the reality. I think we're going to be so taken back when we stand before the righteous king and we're awarded these crowns. We're going to take the crowns and we're going to lay them at the feet of the one who gave his life that we might have life. It's going to be amazing. I wish I had words sufficient in my vocabulary to describe and define for you what I think heaven's going to be like. As Paul says, it's beyond what we can comprehend. So there's the judgment seat of Christ for believers, and it's a place of reward. Happening when? When Christ returns after the resurrection of the dead and the rapture. That leads us to the second judgment. Before we get to the second judgment, in your worship guide, there's a little insert that, I, that the team and I put together. And this is, because we don't have time to talk about all this, this is a summary as to how I see the end time events playing out. And this is a, let me say this, a suggested time. Would you say that word with me? Suggested, let's say it again, suggested timeline. In other words, I'm not saying this is 100% accurate. I'm, what I'm telling you, as best I can understand, all that I read in Scripture, this is how I see, this is a, a timeline of the end time events. This doesn't happen in a day. Matter of fact, what we know is there's over a thousand years, maybe more than that, that this sheet covers in time. But let me just quickly walk you through this. Jesus Christ returns for His church. We talked about that last week. The dead in Christ rise first, and Christians who are alive are raptured. 1 Thessalonians 4. Believers are rewarded. We just talked about that. We're at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. Then we have the seven-year tribulation and the revealing of the Antichrist. Now, obviously, from this sheet, I'm... I believe pre-trib. I believe that, that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation, before seven years of hardship. If you want to stay around and experience hell, that's okay for me, but I'm leaving. You can go with me if you like. Just kidding. But I, I, do, hold, I do hold a pre-trib theological position as in relation to the end time. Then we have the battle of Armageddon. Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit. Christ returns to earth for a thousand year reign. That's what's known as the millennial reign. And then we have, at the very end, we have the great white throne judgment for those who rejected Christ. So let me spend the last few minutes I have talking with you about the great white throne judgment. This is not a time of judgment for believers. It's a time of judgment for unbelievers. So hear me, if you... If you've received Christ as your Savior, you don't have to worry about the great white throne judgment. You're not going to be there. Because it's not for believers. It's a time of judgment for those who have rejected the provision of Jesus Christ. The end for these people is not good. They're not going to receive reward or award. Actually, what they're going to experience is eternal separation from God. And they're going to spend eternity in a place of torment. The event of the great white throne judgment spoken of in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. So if you still have your Bibles open, follow along as I read. Then I saw a great white throne. That's when we call it the white throne judgment, right? 
So Revelation 20, verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and Him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from His presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, so both significant and insignificant, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Notice verse 15. Here's the key verse. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So if anyone's sins were not covered by Christ, if anyone had not called on the grace of God, If anyone was judged by their works alone and not the works of Christ, if their name was not found written in the book of life, the Scripture says that they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. This will be a frightful, horrible day for all of those who live for themselves rather than living for Jesus. Listen, folks, God is both gracious and just. Gracious in that He provides the way of salvation. I mean, think of that. The goodness of God, the mercy of God, the provision of God. But in His justice, He'll judge those who've rejected His provision and have chose their own way. And for those who reject God, they'll be eternally separated from Him. And they'll endure a place of suffering and torment forever. Folks, that's why, that's why this life really matters. It's the decisions you make in this life and your momentary existence while you're on this earth that will shape your eternity. This time really matters. And what you do with Jesus Christ will determine where you spend eternity. If you accept the provision of Jesus Christ, then you're going to spend eternity in a place called heaven. It's going to be amazing. You're going to live with God forever. That's what the Scripture says. If you choose to reject Jesus and His provision, then you're going to be separated from God forever. And the Scripture says, great white throne judgment, you're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. doesn't sound like it's a place of pleasure or fun. The decision you make concerning Jesus Christ determines where you'll spend eternity. Determines whether you're going to be at the... At, the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. Because one is a judgment for believers, the other is for unbelievers. One is about heaven, the other is about hell. What you do with Jesus determines where you'll spend eternity. And then what you do with Jesus, if you're a believer, what you do with Jesus and for Jesus really matters. Why? Because it's going to shape what your eternity experience is going to be like. Listen, I don't believe... I don't believe eternity is going to be the same for everyone. Why? Because we're going to be rewarded, awarded according to how we lived out the faith. Listen, if you're, if you're content just sitting on the sidelines watching everything happen, wasting opportunity and wasting your life, I'm not saying you're not going to get to heaven, but listen, when it comes to being rewarded, God's going to say, what would you do with what I gave you? Because again, the Scripture is so clear on this. We're going to be rewarded for what we have done with what we have been given. 
So this morning, I want to leave you with two statements as to how we should live. Because again, this life really matters. So then how should, how should we live? I think first we want to live with endurance knowing that, that your labor is not in vain, but reward is coming. In other words, run the race well. Invest well. Serve well. Live every day to bring honor to God and be a blessing to others. Again, going back to 2 Corinthians 5.10. read this verse earlier, but let me read it one more time. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's all of us. Everyone in the room today. If you're a believer, someday you're going to be before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what? What's due him? Do her. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So hear me, live every day with purpose and intentionality. Knowing that, that your work, your good deeds, your faithful service will be rewarded. Live with endurance. Here's the second thing. Is live with the end in mind. Live with eternity in mind. In other words, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in the routines of life and, and the pressures of life and be so overwhelmed with the, with the stuff of life that you're not living with the end in mind. Because hear me, friends, you can't, you can't escape this reality. The end is coming. I don't say that to scare you. Again, I just say it as a, as a mere fact. The end is coming. Don't be short-sighted. Live with the end in mind. Live every day with eternity in mind and allow that to shape your investments. Allow that to shape the decisions you make. Allow that to shape how you're living out your faith life. Because one day, we, we will stand before the righteous judge. And on that day, this is what we want to hear. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you this morning for the wonder of your grace, the wonder of your provision for rescue and redemption. We thank you today for the life that we have in you. And Lord, not only the life that we have, but the hope that we live with. To know, God, that when the end comes, we don't have to be stressed. We don't have to be anxious. Because we're going to be with you in a place that's beyond definition. So we thank you. We thank you for the hope that we get to live. We thank you, Lord, that we can look forward to a day of reward. Lord, may that reality, may that reality help one of us, help every one of us to live with endurance, to live with the end in mind. Holy Spirit, help us to invest well, to serve well, to steward well all that you've entrusted to us. Not only that you would be honored, not only that our lives would make a difference in this world, but when that day comes and we stand before you, that we'll not be ashamed, but we'll be uh, blessed by the rewards because of a faithful service, because of faithful giving, because of faithful stewardship. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help us live Every day, every day with the end in mind. Living with intentionality, living with purpose. Because I don't know when the day is, but but God, what I know is one day, it's going to end. It's going to end with either your return, it's going to end with we die. 
But that's not the end, really. It's really the beginning. So again, Holy Spirit, help us to invest well, to live well, because today really matters. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.